Hey, awesome listener. You know how we talk so often about what folks learn or don't learn about sex? Well, there's another too often taboo topic, money. Many folks learn little about finances, in particular, how to build security. This topic is close to my heart because it's been a learning curve for me and because so many women and queer folks are disproportionately affected by poverty. Smart, ethical investing is one way to prevent that. But where do we even start? And isn't investing reserved for the ultra-rich? Not anymore. Vinovest makes investing in wine, yes, wine, easy. Check it out at the link in the show notes where you can receive two months of fee-free investing. What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. looked at those pictures and I just cried. I saw a beautiful woman and I couldn't believe it was me. Last week's orgasm body shame episode brought an interview from a few years ago to mind for me. I had Beverly Deal, author of the memoir, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and a Tiara joined me in the studio back in pre-pandemic days to explore her sexual empowerment journey, her experience with breast cancer, and a spicy photo shoot that really impacted how she felt about her body and appearance. Well before her breast cancer diagnosis and that sensual shoot, she was growing up in a household where, looking back, she feels fortunate to a point. My parents were very sex positive. I remember being allowed to look through my dad's Playboys when I was seven or eight years old and play the game of where's the bunny on the cover. Apparently there's there was a way that each woman was posed and her arms and her legs or something that formed a rabbit. So I would try to find the bunny on the cover. And I would look inside and I would look at the pictures of naked women. And I just thought, oh, this is interesting. This is beautiful. I did end up getting a talk into by my mom because while I was welcome to look at the magazines, it was not okay to share them with the 11-year-old from next door who was sometimes my babysitter. Apparently her mom was not pleased. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, that's really funny. Did you get a talking to? Yes. That it was, this was something that we could do in our family, but not everybody did so. So I early on got books on sexuality and sensuality. I was exposed to erotic literature. My dad told me that pretty much everybody in our family enjoyed sex, and I expect you will too. But there were some gaps that you, you don't know what you don't know. For instance, she hadn't yet started high school when she first had penis and vagina sex. 
and I hadn't yet started to menstruate. And I didn't know that sperm came with an expiration date. <laughs> I thought that once the sperm was inside you, it was just like swimming around like jaws waiting <laughs> for an egg to be released. Aww. And at any point, I could be pregnant based on having... For the rest of your life? For the rest of my life because this sperm was inside me. So were you wandering around wondering every day until you knew otherwise? For years. For years. Aww. I was like, you know, until I get my period... I don't know. I could be pregnant right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's an important thing to mention, isn't it, when we're talking to kids about what actually happens? Yeah. You the, know. The sperm will be dead after two to three days, Max. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's very, very funny. Your memoir talks about your experience going through breast cancer and becoming a thriver. I really appreciate that term. Tell us about the experience being diagnosed. I know you have a family history of the disease. Yeah. So my mother had breast cancer. She was diagnosed when she was about 45, 46. So there's a thing that happens. Hope Edelman talks about this in Motherless Daughters, that you always think that you are going to meet your parents' fate at that age or before. So I always knew that breast cancer was going to come and get me, right? I, I had that hanging over my head. So it was actually a relief to get the diagnosis. It was like, oh, it was the moment in, in High Noon where Jimmy Stewart walks in the street and it's like, okay, you and me, cancer. <laughs> One of us is leaving here. <laughs> finally, finally you can face this and then move past the anxiety that had probably been building up for years. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, here it is. And there were so many blessings that happened to me along the journey. The first was that the cancer was detected to begin with. So I go in for my routine mammogram. And they go... Okay, you're fine. You can leave. I'm in the parking structure next door getting ready to go, thinking about, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to celebrate. Yay. And then they call and they go, mm, the radiologist would like you to come in for more screening. I was like, really? <laughs> they were like, well, if you don't want to do it today, you can do it on another day. And I was like, no, I do not want to drive all the way home and come back on another day. I'll come and in and wait I'll do and it. worry and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Let's just, let's just do it. Then. They did some screening. They found a teeny, teeny spot. And she was showing me. And with my breast blown up that big, it was like the size of a pencil eraser, maybe, that she's pointing to. And she's like, I really think you should have a biopsy. Beverly had had a couple of biopsies before that that had turned out negative. And the need for biopsies is fairly common when you have what are known as fibrocystic breasts. We have spongy tissue, we have cysts, we have, you know, I don't know, somebody's lunch in there, <laughs> whatever. You know, so 80 to 85% of biopsies come out negative. So were you come anxious at all or did you think, oh, just another blip? Well, that's where my tiara came in. <laughs> Beverly's tiara. She had gotten it for dating purposes before and decided that she needed a little extra help getting through all of this. So I put on my tear when I went back for the biopsy. And 
it was a good choice because everybody smiled at me. You're wearing a tiara. People are smiling at you and you're smiling back at them and you create this good feedback loop. And so I had my biopsy and the results came back and it came back positive. And so it was like, okay, here it is. Her high noon moment. Finally, the disease that she had anticipated was confirmed, and she was on to the next steps, connecting with a surgeon, scheduling an MRI to check for any more suspicious spots, discussing her options and her pathology results. Now, my pathology, I had a tiny estrogen receptor positive tumor. It's the most common kind. It's the easiest to treat. The cure rate is... 98, 99%. If caught early or yeah. in general, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's like, okay, this is a nuisance, but I would have to work hard to die from this kind of cancer. Sure. It it's would, kind of a best case scenario if you have to have breast cancer. If you have to have breast cancer, this is what you want. There there are other kinds that are, that are less common and that are harder to treat. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, women do still die from it. Do not let a suspicious lump go just because you think you're too young or you whatever you think. Get it checked out. Once she was diagnosed, things moved quickly. First, there was the MRI and then genetic testing. Thankfully, she tested negative for BRCA1 and 2, the quote-unquote breast cancer genes. Straight away, though, she wasn't sure if she would lose one or both breasts or just have a lumpectomy. So I didn't know at the point where I got my diagnosis what was going to happen. So one of the first things that I did was I decided to schedule some boudoir photography. Okay, so I love this so much. And you have gorgeous photos in your book throughout now, this was on your bucket list, right, already, mm-hmm. but it was the actual diagnosis that prompted. Yes. I was going to do this eventually. I was going to do this when I was thinner or more toned or this or that. And then it was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to even be keeping my breasts. Maybe I should show them some love and and memorialize them before mm. one or both of them goes away. That's beautiful. So even before things moved forward, you found a photographer. Mm -hmm. How did you feel leading up to the shoot, given that you were prior to that thinking you'd wait until blank happens? Were you anxious? Were you excited? I was a little of both. I felt like I I had seen and admired his work in various blogs and stuff. And I felt like, okay, this is, this is going to be a good experience. Um, I negotiated with him to do before and after sessions for like a flat rate to be paid in advance. And I made arrangements to have my hair done and to have my makeup done so I could, you know, do his stylist very 40s glam. I've seen it. So it's Nick Holmes. Nick Holmes. I'm a fan of his. Just from the photos, it feels to me that people have really positive experiences because I worked in fashion for so long. And I I feel like you can tell when someone's not comfortable. You looked really comfortable. I was comfortable. I just felt like I had nothing to lose. And he is, you know, super professional, super charming, super hot. You know, it was it was it was a lot of fun. 
there was at one point because you know he had laid out this and laid out that and he'd put he had a like a cowskin rug and that I was standing on top of paper on top of it and he had me leaning over well again I have big boobs so <laughs> I kind of went over ass over tea kettle bam I went Ow. down oh my gosh he was horrified he put his camera down and said are you okay and Beverly was like I'm fine. I'm just clumsy. I'm just, what can I say? Oh, so it all worked out. It worked out. It worked out fine. But yeah. yes. And what did you think when you saw the photos? Did you see any in, right away or did you did you wait until he gives them to you later? He sent them to me within a couple of days. You know, going in there, I'd felt like hopefully I'll get two or three pictures that I like. I'd always hated pictures of myself. I'd always rushed through taking pictures of myself. I'd always, you know, made faces, hit out at the back of the crowd, you know, done other things to escape being in pictures because I never liked how I looked in pictures. Never, never. It was like, it was, it was awful. I don't take a good picture. And I was like, you know, even if I only like two or three of these. It was a good experience. She was glad she did it. As it turned out... Nick sent Beverly one or two hundred of his favorites of the 700 he had taken. And here's the part that gave my chills chills when Beverly spoke about her experience. And I looked at those pictures and I just cried. I saw a beautiful woman and I couldn't believe it was me. Mm. And... It started me looking and feeling so differently about myself. I stopped avoiding being in pictures and I started taking selfies, you know, and I shared some of my pictures with my boyfriends and I just, I felt amazing. No matter what happened, it was like, this was worth it. It made me feel, I don't know, it made me feel lovely. It made me feel desirable. It's something that when I'm down, I can pull out those pictures and I can look at them and I'm going, yeah, you have it going on. That's so awesome. I feel like everyone should experience that, don't you? Yes. And, you know, one of the things that I'm dealing with in my life is I have gained a lot of weight in recent years. I've had certain physical conditions that have inhibited my ability to exercise. And so the whole hating on yourself because you're not the size you think you should be. We're transitioning through this life. You know, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna have peaks and valleys and we're gonna have times that we really love the way we look and we're gonna have times that we don't really love the way we look. So having these pictures taken at a time when I would not have said I was attractive and looking at them and saying, Damn, she's sexy. Yeah. Shortly after the photo shoot, Beverly learned that she would be keeping her breasts. In October 2020, she posted a public update on Facebook that read, My mother didn't survive her breast cancer, and sadly, too many of my friends have lost or are currently fighting a cancer battle. I, however, am still cancer-free, five years out, according to yesterday's checkup. Bittersweet, because I want 
all the people I love to win their battles too. And I know they won't, and I grieve for those who have already passed. Please do what you need to do. Mammograms, colonoscopies, other scans. Even if it is a challenge to get your tiara, face mask, and sunglasses all positioned on the same head. 40% of Americans both receive a cancer diagnosis and survive it, but early detection is key to that. Below her words appears a selfie of Beverly, sporting her sparkling tiara. You can order Beverly Deal's memoir, Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll, and a Tiara, from most major booksellers. Recently, she's been publishing an article series called Great Sluts of History on Medium, which you can find at writerbeverly.medium.com. Okay, so here are a few more cool things about VinoVest. They make investing easy with a simple-to-use platform and a team of portfolio advisors. As an investor, you will own 100% of the wines in your portfolio. You can buy, sell, or even drink your wine whenever you want. And they make it super easy to diversify your portfolio. Head to zen.ai slash girlbonerradio to receive two months of fee-free investing, or click the link down in the show notes to save and start earning today. This episode is supported by Zencaster. It's an all-in-one podcast production suite, and it gives you studio-quality audio and video from home without needing all of the technical know-how. I switched to Zencaster for recording my interviews a few months ago, and I have been so impressed. It records each person locally, so even if the internet wobbles, you won't miss a beat. Learn more and save 30% on your first three months at Zencaster.com pricing and enter the code GIRLBONERRADIO. You can start with a free trial of the professional version and then either keep going or switch to their free option moving forward for great interview quality without all the extras. Again, that's zencaster.com slash pricing with the code GIRLBONERRADIO, or click the direct link down in the show notes. Beverly's experience really affirmed what I believe about sensual photo shoots. Whether you go super triple X explicit or clothes on more classic boudoir, that most everyone should consider having such a shoot at some point. There's something so strengthening about having your image captured through an artist's eye, a professional who's trained and perhaps naturally inclined to see your inherent beauty and sexiness. A few months after I interviewed Beverly, I ended up shooting with Nick Holmes myself, and I had such a great experience. Before that, I did my first sensual shoot around age 30, which is basically dinosaur age in my past career in the modeling industry. I was not only older, but less quote-unquote fit, and I felt lovelier and empowered, more so than I did on most fashion sets, my appendix scar showing and all. If you would like to schedule a sexy photo shoot of your own, 
Here are a few tips to keep in mind. Choose a photographer you trust or get referrals. The more comfortable you are, the better your experience will be. Whoever you work with should be very willing to provide those referrals upon request and to answer any questions you have. If you feel weird about how they're reacting, if they kind of try to shut those questions down, move along. You might also want to create a Pinterest board of the types of photos you're hoping for, for the photographer to look over, unless you already love their main style and plan to go with that. I also recommend scheduling your shoot at a time of day when you have good energy. And ideally, on a day when you don't have to set your alarm super early or be out late the night before. Feeling rested and refreshed can go so, so far. And if you think you might be nervous, which, by the way, is completely fine and common, bring something that relaxes you, maybe some CBD oil, your favorite relaxing music, or a candle with a soothing smell. You can also do some quick breathing exercises or use a meditation app you enjoy. And also just remind yourself that those feelings are normal. There's like a warm-up period. You know when a band plays? They warm up first, and a lot of times the first song is a little wonky. Let yourself just be a human being. And then, during the shoot, relax into fantasies. Sexy daydreams can help bring that sultry spark to your eyes, and you don't have to sit there thinking, like, how am I looking? And rather than pose, per se, or try to act like someone you're not, really aim to be yourself. The photographer will likely guide you, but try not to be too rigid in your movements or to emulate poses you've seen. Another cool thing is a free consultation that some photographers offer. You might even be able to stop by and have a few non-sexy photos taken first so you can get a feel for the vibe and your comfort level. If you can't do that, maybe even just like a FaceTime call or a Zoom Something where you can just get a feel for the rapport and the energy between you two. And if finances are tight, consider splitting a session with a friend or two. Many photographers, the cool ones in my opinion, are happy to provide a group discount rate. Plus you might enjoy having a friend nearby. I asked Beverly if she had any tips to share with you all and she shared this really practical one. Wear a loose caftan with no undies, then dress in a robe or your lingerie on site so that there are no garment marks on your body. She also said to keep in mind that boudoir photographers are not school or DMV photographers. They know how to capture your best qualities, she said, because they want you to leave your session delighted. Yes, amen to that. And now I want to start a girl boner boudoir scholarship fund. I am so adding that to my goals list. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would love to hear from you by way of a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes store. Be sure to hit that follow button on the podcast app you're using if you haven't yet so that you will never miss a beat. And if you give VinoVest a try, I want to hear about your experience. Check it out at zen.ai slash girlbonerradio or the link in the show notes and get two months of fee-free investing. You can also support this show and get fun extras by joining my community at patreon.com 
slash girlboner and by letting your friends know about it. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>